Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of the Abide Podcast. This is it. This is numero uno. Streamers, lights, flashing lights. It is the first one. Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking us out. My name is Tyler Richardson, and we just want to encourage you during this podcast that whatever it is that you're doing, every single thing, maybe you're listening to this podcast, chilling out in your dorm room with your laptop open when you're not doing your psychology homework, maybe you're driving in the morning on the way to your nine to five job, whatever it is, we believe that no matter what it is that you do, that there can be something of eternal significance that shadows over you the whole time you do it. It doesn't matter what you put your hand to. It doesn't matter the type of people you work with or the atmosphere, even the environments that you work in. But whatever it is that you do and what you're putting your hand to, we believe that there's eternal significance. And we believe that you're there for a purpose and for awesomeness to happen everywhere around you. So this first episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about missions. And uh, I know a lot of times we kind of have preconceived notions of missions. Usually it's like a one-time thing a year. We have somebody that comes, they're usually dressed in like a dashiki. You know, they're, they're, you know, they come there and they have a little slideshow presentation. We give them a special offering and then we really don't hear from them again for a year. But uh, we really wanted in this podcast to encourage you to look at missions a different way. Um, there's a lot of popularity right now in the world, just really in culture with social justices. So what we really wanted to do is we kind of wanted to fine tune that a little bit. Um, maybe you're really passionate about missions. Maybe you've never heard about missions or maybe you've never even really cared about missions, if you were honest. And so what we really wanted to do is just take a few minutes and we have a, a team panel here that are going to help us out. Um, we have a group of college students, and what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of pass the baton around, and we're going to give everybody just a chance to kind of share their heart, uh, all from different backgrounds, different families, different denominations, different states around the country. And we just kind of want to add to this conversation to really prick our imaginations and our hearts about what we think about missions. Uh, I know if if the podcast of abiding and eternal significance wherever we are, it would think we would kind of start with something a little more less churchy. We would probably start with something like, well, if I flip burgers, tell me how that's significant. But what we wanted to do first is we kind of want to take the things that we kind of throw off as obvious, and we want to pinpoint that and like a flower, let it bloom forth. So first thing we're going to hit off with is I want to ask you guys, um, what was the first encounter y'all really had with a quote unquote missions type of situation? Was it was it something somebody came to your church or maybe it was an invisible children DVD? What what was probably your first encounters and interactions with the world of missions for y'all? From a year early age, I've been exposed to many missionaries because of the work that my parents have done in the church. And um, so from about elementary school, 
Um, I've met many missionaries. My family supported many missionaries, so I've been exposed to stories and the lifestyle. And um, ever since then, I've just been interested supporting various organizations, like you mentioned with Invisible Children, Tom Shoes, um, and other church-associated organizations. Um, I don't know. My my spark of interest in missions came from just growing up in church and seeing missionaries come and tell me all about it. And, Sparked my heart. That's what it did. Y'all, y'all seem to be catching on to the phrase of sparking an interest. Um, I'm curious, what was it do you think that sparked that interest? Was it just the mission that they were presenting? Uh, was it the ability of the messenger to communicate that message? Or was it something external, internal? What What was it to you that created that spark, as you put it, that would connect you to these to these mission movements? For me, I was raised in a small town, and so when uh, stories of adventure and also assisting other people were presented, it really sparked my interest. Um, I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to see things. I wanted to hear um, about just the different uh, things that they were exposed to. Um, but, of course, as I grew up and I became to realize the heart behind um, these missionaries that I had met at a young age and continued follow-up with them. Um, my heart also developed for what they were speaking about and the, the lives that they were impacting through their missions work. Uh, I liked the heart behind the missionary thing. I um, When I saw these people come and speak about going to all these other places and reaching people that nobody wants to reach and helping people nobody wants to help, it just, it just ignited something really cool. I know recently there's been a lot of um, a cultural-based outlook, if that makes any sense. Like, there is a certain way that an organization is supposed to look. It's almost trendy to be standing up and making a difference for justice. And I think a lot of it um, has become a bit of a fad, and which makes me nervous because sometimes I wonder if it's really deep down in the hearts of the people that um, support it. I think from the people who, be, who start... Um, they do have a huge heart for it, but I believe sometimes it gets really trendy and um, it just becomes another fad for our culture to be exposed to. Yeah, I like I, the trendy, the word trendy comes to mind when I think about that because especially now in um, this generation, we, it's kind of just what you do to stand up and make a difference. So if you're not loud about it, then you're not cool and that's just what everybody's doing do you think the trend element is something that has just come because of the church or do you think it's just something that's just kind of gone through culture through like your friends or colleges or what do you think has shaped it to make it trendy well i think it was when i think of that of that i think more of this kind of the generation itself has um it's, I think it started from a place of, of pure intention where this generation saw that the church itself was missing something in missions, so our heart grew for it, but then it grew to the point where it, it, it developed into something more along the lines of like, we're going to do this because it's cool, not we're going to do this because it's necessary. Um, I believe every generation wants to be identified with something. If you look throughout um, at least the last hundred years of our culture in the United States or in the Western world, we are constantly, um, especially the younger generation, trying to identify ourselves 
Um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, we had the civil rights movement. Um, in the 80s, we were learning about AIDS, um, especially across throughout the world. Um, and I think that our generation wants to be identified with something as well. We want to make a change. We want our generation to leave a mark. And for us, those um, that that has come about through um, various missions organizations, various uh, justice organizations that have come up in the last decade or so. And we want to be identified and we want to make a difference. So we cling to those things. And of course, the people who have started that have been really influential. And we've almost clung to the, their personality, which has spurred off and made other organizations and other um, hot topics for justice and for missions work um, to be where it is today. What do y'all believe is the overall care factor that people have towards missions? Um, I'm sure a lot of people that even listen to this right now are thinking, well, well I've never really thought a lot about missions, but the more y'all are talking, I'm kind of feeling like a horrible person. But what, what, more than anything, what the hope of what this would do would be to invoke something inside of all of us, honestly, to, first of all, start a real conversation in our hearts with, do we care? Um, but, but specifically in y'all's opinions what do you think it is that even makes us care but more so than anything else do we care and wh what do y'all what do y'all think about that um as far as like a genuine care factor i feel like the percentage of people who genuinely care is relatively small um everybody claims to care when it's convenient uh, there's lots of movements that you just paint something on your hand and everyone sees that you're a part of it or you just wear toms and everyone thinks that you have a heart for the field. But um, the few people, there there are a few people that I've met whose heart is so tenderly open to it in a legitimate sense. And I think that it can, it can change. I think that the percentage can grow. As far as what it would take, I just think that, um, I don't know, I guess some sort of, I guess the best way to put it is a spiritual awakening sort of moment where... Um, somehow our attention needs to be shifted to the need rather than um, the coolness factor of supporting the need, if that makes sense. Okay, um, I think the care factor is probably about, um, well, I kind of think maybe 50-50 because I think there's the ones that are willing to completely lay their lives down and throw their lives away and move to other countries and really like pay the price to... Um, care about the person and the soul overseas. And then there's the other half that kind of just wants something to believe in. And so like they kind of said how sometimes missions can almost become like the fad. I don't think that um, it's necessarily a lack of care. And I think generally like a lot of people care about things. And um, I think there's a difference because I really think the majority of people care about missions or um, care about, you know, just certain topics. And um, I think there's a difference, though, because there's people that care, and then there's people that carry a really heavy burden for those same topics. And um, I don't necessarily think that it's everybody's job to have a burden, a deep burden for every topic. And um, I think individual people have been burdened for a reason for different topics. And those people that haven't been burdened for that, I still believe that they can still care. And it's not necessarily their job to be burdened for that. 
what do you think would be wise on their side to try and catch people's hearts? Like, do you think it's something where they just have to know it exists? Or do you think it's something where it needs to be presented in a way they've never seen before? Or, you know, they, I mean, you know, Farfling Tin Can does documentaries, they do worship CDs, you know, they try and speak at local events and, you know, their normal products like shirts and all that kind of stuff. But what do you think it would take for people to connect with a heart like a far-flung tin can with what they're doing with like missions and media? Um, I definitely believe having a fresh perspective and directing it in a new way is something that um, needs to be done. Um, we are constantly trying to find how we can be connected to something, and that's how we have a heart for it. That's how we develop um, a passion or a burden or just even care for it. And I believe that presenting it in a new way, of course, we, you know, we watch the videos or we've seen the testimonies, but I think bringing a new perspective, like um, I know for me, meeting someone who was a um, survivor of AIDS from a town in Africa um, who came to speak to our church, seeing someone who, because of the result of kindness and someone um, taking that taking that individual out of their situation and getting them the help they need and bringing justice um, to their community and seeing the impact that that made was what attracted me the most. And to see that was what really got my heart um, kind of tugged on for that specific issue. My whole life, what I have seen missions or thought of missions or uh, – seen missionaries it has always been a very cookie cutter when when I thought of missions it was like I have to abandon America and everything about it and I have to just wear shoddy clothes and go set up camp in Africa and try and figure stuff out but what I like and what I think really needs to happen is because I think that that's a problem I think when people think of missions they have this really jacked up idea of what it actually is and what it requires um and that tainted view has cause people to drift away from a uh, desire. And I think that um, what needs to happen is that, you know, there needs to be new ways of it, of the information presented. And um, I don't know, I guess I like, far, I like some of the stuff that Farflung's done. Um, it's just, there's different ways that um, missions can be talked about and, and different projects and different kinds of missions work. And um, when that kind of stuff is put into place and, and, catchy, I guess is a good word, things are created that um, will draw this generation. That's That'll help a lot. Yeah. I think um, one thing that I know for myself that kept me from being um, burdened about missions was um, I knew that it was important for people to be missionaries and important for people to go and help other people out. But um, I didn't really have – I didn't have – it in my head that I could actually, or like anything I did actually help somebody or anything I did actually made the difference. And, um, it wasn't even like I was like all down on myself. I just literally thought that it wasn't anything that I could do. Um, and I think to get people focused and involved is to show them how they can be focused and how they can be involved and, um, what they can do, like specifics of how they can make a difference. And, um, maybe even like, um, sharing stories of um how individuals have made differences in other individuals lives 
rather than um, just really broad topics like you helped out this group of people. But um, I really think individual topics is what helps people to um, put a face with the word missions. And then once you put a face to that, then you can identify it. And once you identify it, then you can have a heart for it. I think one of the biggest ways to put responsibility on people for missions is to kind of show in the scripture where it talks about how everybody's kind of supposed to have a responsibility to go into the world and preach the gospel and um, share the good news. So, and then kind of show them that even if you're not necessarily called to missions to go overseas, that you can still, there's ways of supporting people who are and still kind of fulfilling that assignment, even if it's not necessarily supposed to be your focus. How did y'all hear whether it was far flung tank can or, or whatever it was that was like one of the first ones that ever like y'all learned about, what was it? What was the avenue of like how you learned about it? Like, was it an invisible children movie that you saw at school or what was it? What was the first things that of these types of like organizations that like you learned about and how did you learn about them? Um, the first real organization like this that I actually heard about was far flung and it was, uh, someone came in from the team, I think it was Kyle Philippi, and just talked about it. And, um, you know, through looking at their stuff and their music and uh, the the movies and stuff, it just kind of sparked interest. And from that, I discovered more organizations like that. Um, the first time I heard about missions um, that kind of, like, sparked my heart was a girl named Stacy Reeser at The Ramp. And she shared stories about Africa and just kind of what God put on her heart for Africa. Um, the first thing that really struck me about missions and made me have a desire to really travel the world um, or to just get involved seriously um, was actually Invisible Children. And I was in, I think I was a senior in high school or a freshman in college. And I watched one of the documentaries that was well, that was made, and I just remember crying through the second half. It struck me in a way that um, never anything like that had ever done before, and I remember diving just so deep into that organization. Like I became super involved. I had every T-shirt, every uh, like package thing. When you support the ministry or the ministry the organization, um, you could get like this and that, like a sticker, and then this. And I mean, I had it on my car. I had the works, and um, I I considered for a long time actually like joining Invisible Children, um, but uh, given some circumstances, my opinion of the organization has changed. But um, <laughs> I really, I really think they did an amazing job through the the early part of their um, beginnings in their organization with the way that they um, just showed the realness of um, what was going on in Uganda. But that was the first time that I was ever really struck and uh, really had to process what was going on outside my little world. I think my first exposure to to missions is I grew up in church, and so. My church always had um, people going out on missions trips, and um, that was, I don't know, so I can't really remember uh, a point where I first heard about it, but I think um, my first exposure to, uh, maybe this is social justice, it was um, in 10th grade, I had a trig class, and um, we had nothing to do, like we were done with all our schoolwork, and the teacher brought up freerice.com 
and you go through and you answer like quiz questions. For every question you answer right, they give like 20 pieces of rice to somebody. And I guess I would call that <laughs> social justice. And um, I remember I got like obsessed with it because I was like, oh God, I just got this wrong. Nobody's going to eat rice tonight. <laughs> and um, <laughs> after that, um, I guess a more... Uh, uh, I don't know, a better view of social justice came um, when I came to Lee my freshman year. They, I loved getting free food, and I would check all my emails, and um, I, there was an email about somebody was giving away free Zaxby's if we sat and watched a movie, and it was Invisible Children, and um, we watched a video on that. Well, I want to thank you guys. You are a splendid panel. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about this. It's it's definitely not a short topic. It's not something you can just kind of dip your toe in the water over. This is this is a big mountain. It's a deep ocean. It's something that I think all of us really have to take time and ponder in our hearts what we actually really think about it. Um, and I, I loved what, what Kyle and some of the other people said, that it, it's more than just jumping on a bandwagon of a movement that just seems to be popular, you know, like the End It movement. That there's, there's more that you can do than just drawing a red X on your hand. If, if, that, if that X just goes on your hand, but there's nothing about those children that are slaves that attaches itself to your heart, then that red X on your hand is just ink. You know, there, there's there's more to that. And I and I think that's kind of what we have all been talking about, that, that we've got to allow this stuff to really penetrate our walls and go to the heart level where we can actually make a difference from that. Instead of just talking about how awesome it would be if a difference happened, really taking the charge to make that difference happen. And uh, once again, we want to thank you all for listening to this first podcast. I know there's probably a lot we just gave you to chew on, and I love it. We definitely don't want anybody to take what we've talked about in any type of condemnation form that you feel like you, you haven't done enough. And I, I love what I heard somebody say one time. They said, every single second is a second chance. And uh, if you're listening to this and there's something pricking your heart, then that means right now you have the ability to turn it all around, make it, make a difference, and make a difference in your school, make a difference in your family. But first, first and foremost, above everything else, a change in your own heart, and the overflow of that will speak for itself. Once again, we just want to thank you for tuning in, and uh, we're stoked about what the future looks like, and and we have some awesome guests lined up that we're gonna try and steward over some great conversations. Uh, and, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Believe that you're there on purpose, no matter what industry you're in. Maybe you're in entertainment, maybe you want to be an actress, or maybe you have a heart to become a great producer, or maybe you want to be an excellent teacher, or a, or a, a government-shaking lawyer, whatever it is, you can be distinctly where you are with such eternal purpose. And we believe in you, and we are totally expectant that the best is going to happen. I was going to say the best is yet to come, but you know what? I just felt like it wouldn't be genuine. No, 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 no. That would not be genuine. But 
we do believe the best has got your name on it. So go change your world, change culture. It's in you.